I'm Enoch Fossum. And I'm Austin Ivey. And you're listening to the What About Therapy podcast. What about therapy? All right. It's the time we've all waited for. Episode 60. Big ol' six zero. <laughs> we made so many jokes about episode yep. 60. Here we are. We're finally here. And after about an hour of messing with our sound, we finally got it to work. Somehow. <laughs> literally took an hour to figure it out. It was really annoying. We were literally plugging it in, taking it out, plugging it in, unplugging. Going plugging to Apple in, forums from 2007. Apple forums. <laughs> <laughs> Restarting the computer. And for whatever reason, it just started working. We literally did like nothing different. All of a sudden, it just started working. We switched the jack that we put our microphone like because there's four jacks, we usually put them in one and two. We switched them to three and four, and now for some reason, that's working. So maybe one and two are just dead. That's yeah. sad. We'll have a funeral for yeah. them. Coming We've to you done. live from micro- <laughs> microphone jacks three and four today. <laughs> if it sounds any different, that's why. That's why. Blame the jacks three and four. Yeah, Jack. Good. Jack. Anyway, on today's special episode, we're going to be talking about meritable, 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 <laughs> marital entropy slash atrophy it's really the same thing yeah synonymous words so yeah the definition of marital entropy is um, it's a principle that if a marriage does not receive preventative maintenance and upgrades it will move downwards it will move towards decay and breakdown and that starts really right after you get married right after the honeymoon it starts going down marital entropy slowly because you may not notice after a couple months, weeks, years. I said that a little weird, but weeks, months, years, not months, weeks. But mm, anyway, <laughs> and all, all the same thing. Yeah, time. But over time, you start to, your marriage starts to fall apart unless you work on it. So what's important to note here is that marital entropy or marital atrophy is normal and natural. Just like... Austin and I were talking about just like our muscles. If you don't work out, they will atrophy over time, atrophy, atrophy. and they'll get smaller. That's yeah. just natural because you're not using them. It's the same with um, like knowledge. Yeah. Like in school, I took a, I've taken a lot of classes. I took a math class last semester, and so since I haven't used it in the last 14 weeks because math is pointless unless you're in a finance <laughs> degree or a business degree. Yeah. Um, if you're a marriage and family studies student, math isn't very commonly used. Um, and I've forgotten everything that I've learned from math because I just haven't used it and I didn't yeah. care about it. And it's very yeah. similar with, um, with, mar- with your marriage. If you don't actively participate in activities and just do things that grow your marriage and strengthen your marriage, mm-hmm. then of course the opposite is going to happen. There's not a whole lot of... Um, in between when it comes to things like this, you're either either becoming closer in a marriage or you're, you're, uh, atrophying, entropying. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like there's less gray area with stuff like this. It's, it's hard to find an in between with things like this. You're, because if you're, if you're stagnating, in my opinion, you're, you're weakening in a marriage. Stagnation is just as dangerous as, as weakening. So you need to be focusing on strengthening and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. I mean, literally, when you if you stop working on your marriage, it starts, you start falling apart, like right when you stop uh, working on it. And so, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. How that happens, we'll talk about some of those things, then how we can prevent it, and how we can repair the marriage when we have atrophied quite a bit. 
So this article is from Brett Legg. Shout out to Brett Legg. He also has a podcast we just saw. So if you look up that name on Spotify, I'm sure you'll find it. So yeah, Brett Legg. There you go. The article is titled "Has Your Marriage Atrophied?" Or I don't even know if "entropied" is a word. We'll just call it atrophied because that's a medical term and it makes us sound more smart than entropied. (laughs) Yeah. So Brett starts off the article with giving an example here. He says, here's a common occurrence in counseling. A married couple comes into my office and tells me they love each other, but they're not in love with each other. The spark's not there. They don't feel a desire for for one another. The chemistry's gone. Things have become become mundane, matter or fact, and boring. Neither are satisfied. They can't figure out what's wrong, but they don't want to go on like this. I'm sure a lot of you listening right now have felt that same way in your marriage. And that might not be a constant feeling, but it may have crossed your mind. Like, I feel kind of bored, you know, Mm -hmm. or dull in this relationship. I know it's happened to me, and there's stuff that my wife and I have to do to kind of make that spark again, you know, spend more time with each other. We'll we'll get into that, but anyway... We already talked about what atrophy is. That's what the article talks about. But now we're going to go into what causes marital atrophy. And we can just run through these real quick. Do like three at a time. Yeah, let's do it. You want to start? Yeah. So the things that cause marital atrophy are first stop uh, when you stop intentionally spending time with one another. So that can be dates. When you stop going on dates because people think you don't have to date anymore once you're married. And it does become harder to date, I would say, when you get married. It's, it's less. It seems less important because right. you're you've already tied the knot. So, like, what's the point? Like, yeah, I feel like the urgency is lost once you're yeah. married. Yeah. Uh, number two, you fall into ruts and routines. I know that's been really big for my wife and I. We just get in the routine of things, and life gets away from us. Mm-hmm. Number three, allow familiarity to excuse a lack of communication. So, oh, I'm married to this person. I already know what they want. Or, oh, they don't need that. I know them. Type of thing. I've known them for 30 years. We've been married for 30 years. I, I know what they need. I know what they want. Right. Well, they've, they've changed a lot over the 30 years. So <laughs> let's, let's maybe yeah. talk to them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the next three here. I'm number three. I think this one's funny and I like it. Is uh, you stop flirting with one another. It's, yeah. Um, that seems silly, but it's, I mean, it's true. I mean, I found myself that too. Like if you look back in your dating phase, um, the flirting's pretty high. Because you're courting, right. you're trying to win over the person, you know, you're yeah. doing every little thing to make their stomach get full of little butterflies. Mm-hmm. And that just, once you have that, that ring, you have the, the marriage license. I feel like the, again, the urgency is gone. You don't feel like you have to. And so you stop thinking about it. At least this yeah. is what I've noticed in myself. Um, but that's a huge indication of marital atrophy is you've stopped flirting. The yeah. next one is allowing sex to dwindle or become a routine. That's a, I think that's a, that's a very important one because of how important that is to maintain a healthy relationship. Um, if it becomes rote, routine, or habitual. It needs yeah. to be intentional. It needs to be special. And then the next one is uh, quit. you quit treating each other with common courtesies. And I think that's just because... Chivalry. Can, yeah, exactly. You, you stopped treating each other the way you did when you were dating. You know, you did every little thing for one another. You held the door open for each other, not just the man to the woman, but you, you probably in the dating phase, I'm assuming you did a lot more small things for one another. And as marriage is atrophy um, and things that cause it are you stop to do though. You stop doing those things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next three, the last three here, you pay more attention to kids than each other. 
I'm sure if you have kids, you know exactly what that's like. That's a tough one too, because they do require a lot of attention. Right. Yeah, it's tough. Right. And you still need to date each other even when you have kids. It becomes, I would say, even more important when you do have kids yeah. because there's less attention for you and your spouse because you have kids. And so. it's, you have the the obligation and the responsibility to model a good relationship to your kids. And so it's yeah. all the more important. If you want them to have happy relationships, you need to model that to your kids. And so like Enoch was saying, it's even more important as parents to, to do that. Right. And that's one thing that my parents actually did really well. Shout out to you, mom and dad. I remember every Friday they would go on a date. And we would, I'd babysit my brothers or my sister. And that's just what we did. Super important. Yeah. And super neglected, I think, around the world. The whole dating and marriage thing. Yeah. It's awesome. And this next one goes along with that. You stop intentionally connecting with one another. So you stop actually having conversations with one another and intentionally trying to connect and talk. Specifically like non-business talk. Because in marriage, right. it's easy to get into like meal planning and financial planning that's all business talk, like quote yeah. unquote, you fall out of the intimate connecting talk into the rote day-to-day business talk, family planning, things like that. Right. Or you have the classic, how was your day? Good. How was yeah. yours? Good. Awesome. Good night. Yeah. Yeah. Love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how some of my uh, conversations have gone with my wife though. And we've, we talk about it. We're like, let's try and be more vocal and as far as you know, explaining how our days went, like what actually happened and things like that. Of course, like when you're tired and stuff, it's like, how was your day? Good. How was yours? Good. Good night. Yeah. But it happens. It doesn't tidbit, mean you're not connecting. <laughs> little to do with that one. Like I've done that a ton too. Like yeah. super big problem before I forget. Cause I will forget because I have an ADHD brain that b- bounces around. What I've done to um, eliminate that is if I ever have like a random situation, a random question pop into my head, I will ask my wife that. Like yesterday we were listening to a Disney soundtrack and we were listening to the Encanto uh-huh. movie soundtrack mm-hmm. and it's the Madrigal song where she's talking about all the cousins and all their powers that they have. I randomly had a question pop into my head and it was, what do you think your power would be if you were in the Madrigal family? And we had a whole conversa- mm-hmm. conversation about what our powers would be if we were in the Madrigal family. <laughs> and so we do that all the time because yeah. I've noticed that we got into a little bit of a rut of just not talking about things and just not communicating and... So maybe that could work for you. Just think of random questions because that's one thing it's helped me with that specific problem. Yeah. I love that actually because I have a bunch of those random thoughts too, Mm -hmm. like just out of the blue. Yeah. So it's helped us in our marriage just connect about random silly things and laugh together. That's cool. Yeah. If you're at work, do you text them? to her um uh well on slack we'll talk on because we only work together me and my wife and so if anyone knows what slack is it's like an inter-business communication platform yeah and um we message all the time on slack just like random questions or she'll just like send me a gif on (laughs) uh of like what's it's like this is how my day is going it'll be like a cat like hissing or something like that i don't know and it'll just be something (laughs) funny and whenever something comes to our head we just share it with one another we have like this weird would you rather thing too like would you rather do this or that (laughs) and we just think of random awkward situations and it just it's funny and helps us connect to each other in random moments yeah the last one here is pay more attention to their own needs than to the spouse's needs so you pay attention to your needs more than your spouse's we've talked about this quite a bit it was in one of the like marriage like tiktok myths Mm -hmm. happy wife happy life yeah and that's that's kind of that can be a gray area because just because you're focusing more on your life than your spouse's. That doesn't make you one, a selfish selfish person. And two, that doesn't mean that like you don't try and care for your spouse just as much, you know? Yeah. Two things can be true at the same time. Like you can be very aware of what you need and put that first. 
because I do think you need to put you first. You know, you need to be able to breathe before you can help someone else breathe. Right. CPR. If you can't give CPR unless you're actually breathing. So you got to make sure you're alive and then you can move on to someone else. But, um, just under the level of importance is your spouse. Like they come very close and second to your own needs. If that makes sense. If you can picture that, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, I do think in this situation, he's talking more of like extreme, like maybe more on like narcissism, narcissism, Mm -hmm. like the narcissistic side of things, you know, where it's literally all about you and not about your spouse ever. Yeah. I think it can start out small. Like I plan to, a golf tournament with my friends um, this weekend. So I won't be seeing you at all. Like it's just kind of small things. And like it, that by itself is not a problem. Like do that. If you like that, yeah. do your hobbies. But I think it starts with small things of putting yourself first too much. Yeah. And not because you don't necessarily have to put your spouse first. It's the marriage that you're putting first, not your spouse. I think that's a good way to think about it is you're not necessarily putting the needs of your partner first. Mm-hmm. You're putting the needs of your marriage first and what's ever best for your marriage. And that's going to be, I think, a little bit different than what your spouse individually needs. So maybe think about it that way. Think about it as a third entity where you start to put the needs of your marriage last or yeah. second. Because yeah. um, and it goes, you, marriage, and I think right along with that marriage is the needs of your spouse. Um, that, like you can help with the needs of your spouse. Yeah. So if you disagree, you disagree, but that's kind of the way that I see it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, then real quick, we'll go down two sections here Let's to marriage when marital or uh, when <laughs> marital atrophy can set in. And there are three quick bullet points. I'll hurry and read. We can talk about them. One, when you're feeling too comfortable in your relationship. Two, when things are going so well, you don't feel like you need to try it that hard. Three, when a lack of complaints leads each other to believe that the other is okay. So I think those two are probably the biggest when you first get married. Because when you first get married, everything's good. I mean, usually. It's exciting, typically. It's something new. It's novel. Yeah. Yep. It's exciting. It's fun. Things can seem too good to be true. There aren't going to be any complaints. So you don't ask the other how they're doing or you tend to mind read and just think they're okay. Mm. And or like, you're afraid of conflict and you don't right. want to complain about it because they might leave you. Like if you're maybe right. a little bit more anxiously attached. Yeah. Like myself. <laughs> yeah. So things like that, like that's, that's when marital atrophy can set in. And so it literally starts right when you get married. Mm. And it's, it's not very dramatic. And that's why I think it happens is because right. it's, it's not like a, a bone break or something dramatic like that. It's like dust settling on a counter. It just yeah. kind of happens over time. And then one day you look at your counter and there's just a buttload of dust there. And it's like, how did this even get there? How did this happen? How did we get right. to this point where there's just dust all over my entertainment center? You know, yeah. it's because you forgot to dust. You forgot to actively go in, spray the the pledge on the counter and, and wipe it off. That's what, <laughs> how marriage atrophy is, is you, over time, it just builds up. It falls yeah. apart it just over small things. Little tiny dust particles land on side of your on your entertainment center one by one and collectively over time it builds up into this sheet of dust on your entertainment center. And that's what marriage atrophy is like. It's these little tiny actions taken here and there that chip away at the foundation of your marriage and eventually turn into this really dramatic and like in your face problem. Like how did this even happen? How did we fall out of love quote unquote so suddenly? It's not suddenly it's over time. It happened slowly and you just didn't notice it. Yeah. It's like that. I think it's a myth actually, but it's like that, um, 
Have you heard when you put a frog inside of a... A boiling water? Boiling water. Yeah, totally. Well, water, and then you turn it on and the water heats slowly over time. Mm-hmm. The frog won't notice. And it gets used to it because it's cold-blooded. It yeah. eventually just die. Mm-hmm. That's apparently a myth. Oh, it'll, really? It'll just jump out. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that was true for the longest time, and I think it's a good analogy for this. Let's use the analogy for just this, for the uh, sake. <laughs> for the sake here, where you don't notice until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean, like, too late doesn't mean a divorce. Too late just means when crap can hit the fan. And yeah. you have a really big argument when, really, you that didn't need to happen if you actually just talked more. Yeah, there could be a lot of arguments and disagreements that could be avoided Yeah, that um, if there was an active work put into it. If you were constantly going to the marriage gym, so to speak, because it's it requires action to build up the strength of your marriage the same way that it requires action to build up the strength of your of your glutes so you can squat 400 pounds. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, ha- it can happen to anyone at any point of your marriage. So just because you've been married for 50 years and you feel like things are pretty good, don't think that it can't happen to you because it can happen at any point if you stop putting the work into it. That's the whole point of marriage atrophy is it can happen to anyone at any time. So just to be aware of it, not to be afraid of it, but to be aware of it and know what it looks like and how you can, I guess, prevent it or yeah. work back from it, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that's what we're going to talk about right now. So Brett goes into, well, what can we do about marital atrophy? And he says, well, let's go, before we go into that, let's go way back to when you weren't married and you were just dating. Okay, you were like engaged or before you were engaged, just courtship and trying to You were infatuated with one another. Trying, trying to, trying to woo each other. Trying to win them over, Yeah, yeah. So here are a couple of things. Again, we can just do the same thing, like do three. Let's do it. So he says, if you're like most couples, this is kind of how it was for your relationship. One, you spent as much time as you could together. True. I mean, whenever I wasn't at work, I would be with my wife. Mm-hmm. As when we were, well, girlfriend. Your girlfriend at the time, yeah. <laughs> my girl. I would spend any chance that I got with her. I would even, I used to work at a, a pizza place and she would order pizza just so I could deliver it and That's we could say hi. Super cute. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two, you talked every chance you got. Again, I mean, kind yeah. of the same, down the same vein there. Mm-hmm. Three, you talked about what was on your heart. Yeah. 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 I mean, we talked, we had a lot of actually really difficult conversations a lot of the time, like especially when we were engaged, like getting ready for marriage and stuff. Like, is this something we really want to do? And this is how I'm feeling. And that's just stuff you, you talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the next three here, um, the common things you did when you were dating is you talked about your dreams for the future. It's pretty common to just share your heart with someone that you you like and you want to share that with them. Right. Break down those barriers of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, the next one is you did things with them you didn't enjoy or necessarily wouldn't do. That was huge for me. I, I ate foods. I did things <laughs> that with my girlfriend at the time that I just wouldn't normally do. I'd watch movies that I thought were stupid and weird yeah. previously, and then I watched them with her and her family. Like, well, these are actually pretty funny. And yeah. I never would have done it if it wasn't for her and her um, her enjoying it. And yeah. the same was with her. I got her into a lot of different things. Like my favorite band. We're both huge fans of our of this band, Twenty One Pilots, because of of my enjoyment for it. And she didn't like him before, and now she does. It's mm-hmm. this whole thing and. That was really cool about dating. And the next one here is that you sent little texts or left little notes. That's something I did a lot. 
Um, it was the good morning text every day, the good night text every night. Yeah. The little notes because we worked together at the same place. We've worked together for most of our marriage. More yeah, than we have. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty funny actually. We enjoy it honestly because yeah. it's how our marriage started, and so it's just like we just like it, and yeah. eventually we're not going to be able to anymore, and so we're just enjoying it. But when we did, I would um I would get to work before she did some days, and I would just leave a little sticky note on her desk that said like "You're cute" or "Nice butt" or something like that, <laughs> just something silly or stupid, yeah. and yeah. she would do the same to me and leave it like somewhere where no one else could see it, and then I would keep a collection on my desk and cute, yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one here, are you surprised the others with things they loved? Uh, like we gave, I mean, I would do my best to bring home flowers and stuff like Same. whenever I could at like just kind of random times after the flowers were dead, I got new ones mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, you put the other ahead of yourself. Yeah. I mean, definitely more than, uh, more than I probably should have. <laughs> oh, yeah, you uh, I probably, mean, cause you just... You just neglect yourself a little bit. Right. I mean, yeah, you neglect you're... yourself too much. Yeah. That's what I did anyway. All the, yeah, and that's happens. Yeah, it's just because, I mean, what you want, how you feel, I guess what you want doesn't matter if she doesn't want to do it. Yeah. It's... You know, especially when dating. Yeah. When you're trying to woo her over. Like, oh, you want to go do that? Okay, I, I guess I'll go. Yeah, that, I love doing that. I love that. <laughs> that's so awesome. And you're just, you hate it inside. Uh, the next one, you sacrificed for the other. Yeah. True. True. There you go. Am I the next two? Yeah, last two. Yeah. yeah, you wanted to be physically close to with one another, so a lot of cuddling. Yeah, did we? Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I got that. And uh, we'll stop it there. Uh, you were flirty and playful. Yeah, just all types of like silly yeah. stuff. And my wife bought us a pair of walkie-talkies <laughs> so we could talk to each other at work from walkie-talkies. It was really fun. It was just a playful thing, and we just did a lot of weird funny stuff together yeah Um, yeah so i mean like thinking on that like what what's stopping you from doing that again any of those any of those what's stopping you from trying to rekindle that spark by doing the very things that sparked the kindle in the first place you know yeah like what it's really not too complicated i think it's made out to be way more complicated than it actually is yeah i think because it's, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, you're different. Um, right. Like there's a bunch of like excuses that, um, I mean, Brett, that's his name, Brett, right? Brett. Brett. Like, yeah. yeah. He talks yeah, about some of the excuses those, yeah. that um, some of the people will give and we'll go over these three by three again. One of them was that, well, that was when we were younger. <laughs> Stupid. And, um, <laughs> we had more time then. Probably true, but still a bad excuse. Yeah. Um, we didn't have all the stressors and demands that we have now. You probably still had a again, ton. True. They're just different. <laughs> yeah. We don't have as much to say then. Okay. We weren't as tired then as we are now. That's probably true. That's probably super true. (laughs) We're too busy now to do a lot of those little things. That's kind of funny. We're too busy to do little things. Stop Hmm. it. Just stop it. Then make them littler. (laughs) And I mean, these are things that I've used too, like as an excuse. (laughs) I've said a couple of these. (laughs) Yeah, like literally. And it's, again, remember, it's normal. It's natural. And just because these, just because they like, this is all simple stuff. It doesn't make it easy. Like usually the simple stuff in marriages in mental health are normally the hardest things to do. Yeah, that's true. Um, isn't the last two, right? That's what we're on. Yep. Um, we've allowed too much to, 
Whoa, we've allowed too much to come between us to feel playful. So maybe some resentment has built up over the years mm-hmm. and some yeah. ill feelings, some arguments that were quote unquote lost that you're still bitter about, yeah. things like that. Still a bad excuse and needs to be worked through. Um, we hadn't accumulated the long list of hurts we have now. So maybe you have some, again, going back to that previous one, you have some things that your spouse has done that's hurt you and that you are holding on to for dear life and just will yeah. not let go of because yeah. you can maybe use it as ammunition in an argument. Yeah. Um, that's very common, and I've felt that same, what's the word, same uh, feeling to do that, to hold on to stuff, the hurt list yeah. that maybe uses ammunition, a grenade you can use in, a, in an argument. <laughs> um, yeah. These excuses are common, and they're valid, because, I mean, these are very real problems, but excuses are like feet. We all have them, and they stink. And... Um, <laughs> Excuses are just that. They don't prevent you from doing anything unless you let them prevent you from doing anything. And just like working out physically, like working out your physical body, the the correlation between muscle atrophy and merit atrophy is actually pretty close. Yeah. Because muscle atrophy is dangerous. It causes more problems than just the atrophy itself. It causes systemic issues. For me, muscle atrophy has caused huge muscle knee problems. Who would have thought that would happen? Mm -hmm. But it did. And all types of other things in your body. Um, same with marriage. Muscle marriage atrophy will fall into your relationships with your friends and family, your kids, and your overall connection as a family unit. It all starts there. Yeah. And um, you need to, the same way that you have, like how you've gotten older and you can't do the same workouts you did when you were younger. Of course, you're not going to be able to run the same or lift the same or squat the same. I necessarily can't at the moment. Um, the way I did when I was in high school, but I can adjust it to make it fit the way that I am now. And the same thing needs to be done with marriage atrophy. The same way that you adjust workouts, you need to adjust your marriage strengthening activities. Adjust it to fit your schedule. Adjust it to fit your your needs and your maybe some of your trauma that has accumulated over the years. And maybe it's and not your, even... Sorry, go sorry, ahead. And your wants. Yeah, exactly. Your wants will change over the year. Yeah. Adjust it to fit... So it works because if you try to match carbon copy, how you were when you were dating, the advice there is to try to do it. But if you do it, if you try to do it perfectly the way you used to, it might, might not work. So make those adjustments to fit your current marriage because your marriage today is a different marriage than it was even a year ago. So you need to be, it needs to be dynamic and it needs to be ever changing with your current needs and wants. So keep that in mind as you're working towards marriage strengthening. Mm Mm-hmm is adjust it the same way you would adjust workouts if if you have muscle atrophy. You need to match it so you can make it happen. Because right. you can't just ignore it because yeah. it's going to continue to get worse. Right. If you let your muscle atrophy even more, it's going to get worse to the point where you can't fix it. Yeah, Like the muscle is going to be atrophied so much that it is somewhat dead and you might not be able to do anything with it again. Yeah, um, And I, I'd say to a point, marriage can do the same thing. That's where it comes to where the only option is divorce because it's atrophied so much and you don't want to get to that point right, right. hopefully you don't want to get to that <laughs> right point. so you need to have a daily habit of of, mu- of muscle strengthening <laughs> uh, you need to have a daily habit of marriage strengthening the same that you would have a daily habit of of simple exercise it doesn't need to be a trip to the gym every day it can be five minutes of of push-ups what's the equivalent of that in your marriage yeah end of rant yeah i mean when it comes to strengthening First of all, strengthening muscles. Like, do you know what happens when you work out and why you're sore? After working out, it's hard. You push and push. You're actually creating tiny little microfiber tears in your muscles. And then when they repair with all the protein and all that good stuff, 
they actually become stronger. They're anti-fragile, which we talked about mm-hmm. a couple episodes ago. Yeah, great episode. When you have a lot of pressure on it, then it grows back to be even stronger. And so just like your muscles, again, like marriage is just like this. You're going to create, in order to get stronger, you need to have those little microfiber tears, which means having difficult conversations mm-hmm. and putting in effort into the relationship to make it better, which effort can be hard and effort is time consuming and effort takes energy. All you need is some more carbohydrates, baby, (laughs) and keep going. But like you get what I'm saying where just because again, just because it's simple doesn't make it easy. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's really hard, dude, especially if if you've been married for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And then there's, all this stuff that maybe all this resentment you've held on for so many years mm. or those little grenades you've had all, held on to for so long and you don't want to let them go, but you need to. And the longer you hold on to them, the harder it is to let go as, I mean, if I held on for a grenade for what, 30 years, like, dude, I'd be attached to that thing mm. and it'd be really hard to let it go. So let go of that, have those hard conversations and start strengthening your marriage right now by doing the simple things, those little things, because they can go a long way. And quick note on the grenades <laughs> of the day. <laughs> um, if you feel like you have a ton of grenades you held on to for years, please don't feel bad. Please don't yeah. feel like you're a bad person for holding on right. to marital argument grenades, because that is such a natural thing to want to defend yourself. Yeah. In, a, in a marriage, in a relationship, because you don't want to be the bad guy. You don't want things to be your problem. So marital grenades, they're quite natural and I would say very common. Yeah. So don't feel bad if you have a ton in your closet that you could pull out at any time to use against your spouse because that's pretty normal. But you do need to have dearmament. You do need to get rid of those bombs. <laughs> you need to go through a dearmament process together as a couple. You both need to get rid of your grenades. And if you know anything about like the Cold War, there was a huge dearmament between like the Soviet Union and the United States where they got rid of a bunch of nuclear bombs and they worked together to do that. The same kind of thing needs to happen in your marriage. We need to work together to maybe be aware of some of the bombs that you held against each other over the years. Yeah. And mutually agree to let go of those bombs that you have so that you can be aware of some of the things that if you've, so your spouse can be aware of the things that you've held on to. And so you can be aware of some of the things that your spouse has held on to because you might have no idea what's hurt each other over the years and what you've been right. holding on to because you've been hiding it and because you've been protecting it with your life. So I'm, I'm not a ther- marriage therapist, but from what I've found in my own personal experience um, and the, the education I've had so far with marriage therapy is that in order to have an effective dearmament, <laughs> I guess, of these things is to have a conversation about them. And yeah. maybe some things aren't worth bringing up. Maybe some things aren't healthy to bring up. But I would say the things that can be brought up should be brought up. So you can have a conversation and be candid with one another one another, because that creates a really big sense of, of trust, first of all, yeah. and vulnerability, which will strengthen the relationship. Right. Yeah. And those things that are hard to bring up and maybe you shouldn't bring up uh, between just you two, a great thing to do would be go to therapy. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. And have the therapist be that third party there to help you safely disarm those bombs Mm -hmm. get rid of them and to strengthen the marriage that way i think that's the whole point of this episode is that there's certain aspects of marriage that are hard to be hard to fix like a dearmament program of of marital bombs that are hard to be done on your hard to be done on your own 
and it's unfair to put the responsibility on your marriage and on each other. Right. It shouldn't be. I mean, that's, it's, you heard me right. I should on you right now. Yeah. Like that's a good should. You shouldn't put that responsibility on each other at mm-hmm. all to try and disarm or fix each other. Yeah. Neither of you are marriage therapists. And even if one of you is, are, one of you is a marriage <laughs> therapist, it's still not responsibility to be the therapist for your marriage. That yeah. needs an outside objective third party. And as a therapist, you should know that. So I don't even know why I'm bringing that up. <laughs> but yeah, like Enoch is saying, it's no one's responsibility within the marriage that needs to go to an outside source. So you can have the objectivity and so you can have the professional bomb dearmament, <laughs> the, the yeah. bomb diffusing the, the IEDs that needs to be diffused by the professionals. And that way it can be done in a setting that's constructive and might minimize hurt feelings, hopefully. So yeah. rely on professional help if you're going to go through a dearmament program in your marriage yeah focus on loving each other don't focus on fixing each other it just won't won't go well yeah don't don't try to be a handyman for your marriage just be a supporter and a nurturer of your marriage because otherwise you're going to run into some real issues and i guess that's the cherry on top of the episode is that the more you try to be a fixer in your relationship and in your marriage the more you'll have the opposite effect but the more that you focus on nurturing it and just being supportive to the marriage and to your spouse, the more you'll find success. And that's really what it comes down to when it comes to marital yeah. atrophy is just focusing on nurturing and supporting your, your marriage and your spouse. Yeah. And doing the, the things that the things that we talked about to, uh, to create that little bit of spark. Yep. Love it. Spark the turn to the bonfire, baby. Not the spark that lights the bombs. That's right. So we hope you learned something new. And if you if this episode got you feeling some type of way then maybe therapy is a great option for you. And so something you can think about. And that might be a sign you have some bombs. And that's okay. And remember, you are worth it. You are worth it to disarm these bombs. Mm-hmm. These bombs, like, they ain't got nothing on you. They're pretty petty. Yeah. They ain't got nothing on you. And even though they are valid, you can still let them go. And it's going to be for the better. Mm-hmm. So we will talk to you... This Thursday, actually, because we have what about what about episode coming out Thursday. On Thursday yeah. So get ready for that, and we'll talk to you then. See you guys. What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? Yeah. What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about what about therapy? What about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah.